Welcome to the Lee Schools TV podcast for February. I'm Rob Spicker and your host for today's conversation. Our topic today is going to be open enrollment for our elementary schools. You know, for years, the school district has been talking about changing the way schools get assigned. And recently, it's been at the elementary level. And, and now there is a, finally a new plan in place. So Dr. Adam Malloy is the coordinator in the superintendent's office. He's going to sort of walk us through this new plan. The primary difference, uh, Dr. Malloy, being that now families are choosing schools that are closer to their home. So fewer choices does have some advantages, we think. But really, now that it's finally here, this proximity, what's the headline? What do parents like need to read right at the top to understand about proximity for elementary enrollment? I think, uh, and Rob, first, thanks for having me on, and thanks for getting proximity and open enrollment for elementary uh, out to our community. Uh, It's about... uh, do I have to take action? You know, if I have to take action. So parents take action, take a look at where you live. If you're living within the new proximity zone and you attend a school within that zone, you don't have to do anything, right? Now, if you live outside of that zone, you have to go into your focus parent portal. Uh, You have to elect to either stay or go into the new choices in the proximity zone and be provided transportation. So it's really, I think, take action, get informed, get connected with what's out there in terms of the maps, and what do I need to do, if anything? Right. So open enrollment is going to be February 13th to March the 10th. So you get four weeks here for elementary parents to kind of make their choices and do their their uh, their research if they have to. Uh, all elementary schools, as you're saying, need to take some action. And we've talked a lot about focus accounts and figuring out where you, what school you're, is in your zones. And those are probably the first two things you really need parents to do. Yeah, I think getting that, making sure that your focus account is set up and that you're connected to that focus account, because if you are living out of zone, right, you're going to need that focus account to go through those steps, right? Elect to stay and wave transportation or go into the new proximity zones. Uh, now, we do have a large number of students that this doesn't impact, right, that are living within the zone. Uh, but I think that that's extremely important to know is that focus portal, make sure that that you're checked. Yeah, you know, you're checked and you're set up and uh, that you are taking a look at where you live in the maps. And I don't think we can kind of reiterate this enough. So let's go through some scenarios as it's going to apply to a lot of families. Uh, first one is my child attends a school that is not in the proximity zone, but I want them to stay there. What do I do? Yes. So we want to honor that choice in the system. That was a big part in our community engagement is we would like to stay at our school, even if it's out of zone. So we are allowing that you will just have to elect to grandfather or maintain enrollment through the focus portal and waive transportation. And that's the key. A bus is not going to be provided if the elementary school your child is assigned to is out of your new proximity zone. Correct. We will only provide transportation at the elementary level within the proximity zones with a few very specified exceptions. All right. Now, the next scenario... I, I, my child attends a school that's in my zone. I like that school. I want them to stay there. What does this family do? That family does not need to do anything. Yeah, they are already within that zone. Uh, they are already set up uh, at their school. Uh, if transportation is provided, it will continue to be provided because it's within the proximity zone. So think about the proximity zones as activating for transportation, right? And then a decision that has to be made uh, for those parents that are living outside of the proximity zone. And then maybe that third most common scenario, uh, my child attends a school that is in my proximity zone, but I wish to try to change. So what does that person do? So they will just submit a new application into the proximity lottery. So really those three groups that proximity affects is immediately incoming kindergartners, right? Unless you have a sibling preference or you're trailing with an older, uh, an older sibling at a school. Uh, students new to the district, right, which will be then going into the proximity uh, selections and, and associated choices. And then also if you'd like to, if you'd like to submit a new application. 
kindergartners, you just mentioned that. I've got an incoming kindergartner. This is their opportunity to rank schools February 13th to March the 10th. Correct. This is their open enrollment period. Uh, we were hoping to have it aligned with middle and high, but we're, we were just a little bit off in terms of getting uh, proximity across the finish line. And now we are prepared uh, to have those parents uh, who have already pre-registered or who are registering now uh, go into their, uh, their portal, rank those schools, and those will be the new proximity choices. So you'll see the most immediate impact in that kindergarten cohort for next school year. Um, also, we should note, if you've got multiple children in elementary school, you have to do this for each child. Correct. In a, uh, a letter uh, indicating every child that you have enrolled will be provided next week and what you need to do, if anything. It may say, non, you know, it doesn't apply because they're in high school or, or middle school, uh, but maybe you do have an elementary school student that you have to do something, either select to maintain, waive transportation, or go into the new proximity plan. And one of the things we talked about a lot already and the district has been talking a lot about is those focus accounts. Having that focus account means if you are currently in the district or already enrolled as a pre-K student to, to register for kindergarten, you do not have to come down here. The, the, the lines are legendary uh, of how long they've been sometimes at student enrollment. But using focus, doing this online does not require a parent to come to the school district office. Correct. It's all done through their focus parent portal. Uh, does not require them to come into the district office. Uh, so we can avoid some of those lines that you referenced. Um, and I, I think it's just, it's really important for us uh, in our communications plan is to, to take a look at those that, uh, that we're still missing as it relates to the, the Focus Parent Portal sign-up. Uh, ran the numbers yesterday. We have almost 81% of our elementary school families that are already signed up. So they will be receiving a large amount of communication per those addresses and contacts uh, that's, that's already through Focus. But we still have those 19% that we're working with our school leaders um, in our communications team to really try to target those students. Yeah, families in elementary school are going to get information from the district, but also from their schools. We don't want to, them to miss this opportunity. Correct. Uh, we would we would like to err on the side of over-communication as it relates to this system change. Uh, so if you are tiring of hearing from the school district, just please bear with us because you will be receiving a lot of communication as it relates to elementary school open enrollment, the impact of proximity, um, on our, on our families. A couple more topics. Maybe there are some exemptions and without going too far into each individual specific scenario, there are some people with students that do not have to jump right into the proximity open enrollment debate. Correct. Uh, Self-contained ESC. Uh, we have seven um, SDMs, uh, special coded students that, um, you know, that will maintain and be provided transportation. Uh, and I think that that's really important to note. Um, also, uh, our two uh, K-8s, well, we have four K-8s, but our two K-8s like veterans in North Fort Myers Academy. Um, if a middle school student, since this doesn't actually apply to middle school, if that middle school student, uh, if they are staying and then uh, attaching the younger sibling via the sibling preference, they will be able to to uh, to ride uh, the transportation um, to the school with the middle school child. Yeah, that is a unique situation, those K-8s. And so if you've got a child that's moving up, you can stay. They'll get a bus because the older child does, right? That's a, that's a unique situation for those schools. Correct. And I, uh, our discussion and, and our approach on that is um, until that, middle, or that older middle school student uh, matriculates to high school, then that younger trailing sibling will be provided transportation. If not, uh, or sorry, once, that, once the older student is gone, then the parent will have to provide their own transportation. So if you've got a, a second or third grader and a sixth grader, you might get buses for a couple years, but those last year or two, you're going to have to 
to make a decision again. I'm going to transport the child because it's out of zone or move them back into a school in your zone. Okay. Um, there are probably going to be some concerns from some parents in some regards that, uh, you know, I really like the school that I'm in uh, and now I've got to go to a different school and I don't know that or believe or think it's got the same academic uh, levels, the same quality teachers, uh, that I'm not, my child's not going to get the same opportunities. And how do we address that? What's the answer to those families worried about changing schools and thinking they're going to get something less? The, you know, our reply has really been uh, that we have a standard uh, K-5 curriculum and approach. We don't have any admissions programs. We don't have any, um, you know, admissions magnets uh, at the elementary level. We do have unique uh, curriculum offerings that we're looking to replicate and expand across our district. Uh, I would say that they, that type of thinking is within a framework of our current system, right? And we're going to have to adjust uh, some of that way of approaching our schools in terms of perception or what makes a good school. Uh, because, you know, going out to all of our elementary schools, they are all doing such an amazing job. But I think our, that current line of thinking is within our old system. I think it'll take some time to adjust to parents to say, well, this is totally different than what I had heard or what we had discussed uh, with other parents about this particular school. Because you got to think that the kindergarten cohorts are being reshaped based on these new zones. Whereas before, kindergarten cohorts were really shaped by just large geographic areas. Uh, and now we're being shaped more by the communities in which they live. So your, your, your kindergartner is really going to be much more concentrated with children in their neighborhood or right surrounding area from your home. Correct. The preferences remain, uh, you know, P1 uh, within two miles. So that is, um, you know, that is a, still a, a very heavy weight. Uh, if you rank one and preference one, that's a that's a strong weight in our system. And I, I just I ask that question, then I think of myself as a parent with my wife and I, you know, we got as much out of the school as we put into it. So our relationship with our children's teachers, with their principal, you know, we really got to know the school and it, it may just be an opportunity to invest as a parent in the school to feel comfortable with where they've changed to. In our current system, there is no practical or feasible way for a lot of our parents to be invested in their school. It's just too far, right? If they don't participate in open enrollment, they're getting spread out across a large, like, let's say, east zone uh, with schools that have seats, uh, oftentimes, you know, very far from their home. Uh, by, by now kind of condensing that and reducing that square mileage, we're now, even if they don't participate, they're still going to be a lot closer to home. Right. And like you said, uh, this will allow parents to be a little bit more invested, a little bit more closer uh, to, the, to their school. It might be the opportunity to get home from work at 530, get some dinner and the kids by six. And at 630, you're at an event that's at the school that evening that you could not have done before. Yeah, correct. Let's hope um, so. Why now? Why proximity? Uh, what's the real driving reason to have to make this change? Well, I think, you know, Three years ago, uh, we really took a look at the outputs of our current system, what it was doing, uh, who was participating, uh, how it was uh, setting our schools up for success or how it wasn't. Uh, and we really came to an understanding that something had to be done. A change had to be made to better set up our elementary school kids for success, whether it was bus ride times, bus wait times. We really came to a critical tipping point this year. So as we continue to grow as a county, as, as we continue to grow as a school district uh, projected in the next 10 years, close to 30,000 new kids. Uh, and we continue to add schools, uh, it, it really complicates and puts a lot of pressure on our, on our transportation system. Um, I would like to be putting value on classroom teacher, 
right, and not value uh, on on bus on busing. And I think that that's extremely important for the proximity plan because it's looking to it's looking to address that. Uh, we don't expect uh, transportation uh, in the related inefficiencies to improve uh, if we do not make a change. Um, it's not just about associated savings, right? It is more about getting kids to school on time and addressing some of those start and end times that are unintended consequences of being entirely reliant on a transportation network that is unsustainable. Yeah, let's talk about those benefits uh, by doing this. And we've hit on some of them already, just being closer to home. Maybe you can participate more. Uh, busing is going to be a big one. But along with busing, you know, let's, what are the benefits of having these new zones? I think the benefits is that we, like you mentioned, like we're getting communities and their associated school choices a lot closer together. Right. We are addressing some of the consequences of families not participating and then our responsibility or scale of responsibility to transport. Uh, our start and end times are relying upon our transportation tiers. Uh, we are looking to eliminate an entire tier of transportation to possibly in year two and year three, make adjustments to high school start time, middle school start time, and then uh, the uh, the end times in the in the in the routes home. Um I think that uh, the, the cost savings in terms of an operational standpoint, it's in the general fund. Those funds can be uh, better used to support our teachers and our students in, in the school building. Um, so uh, next year, you're getting, you mentioned some of this, but middle school, the plan is to next year, as we go through this process a year from now, to be having middle schools choose schools based on proximity. Correct. Uh, with middle schools and still keeping choice, you won't see a you won't see a drastic change because we don't have a middle school in each one of the proximity zones. Uh, in in order for us to keep multiple choices for parents, we're going to have to combine a lot of the proximity zones. I wouldn't say that it's really middle school proximity so much as it is aligning middle school choices uh, with the proximity map. So that uh, if you're familiar with the proximity elementary map, um, you know a lot maybe aligning A, B, and C together to provide a certain number of choices. Um, you know, to our families, uh, but also, you know, just aligning it with the proximity map. Yeah. I should preface this by saying when high school, not going to change, right? No change to the high schools, the way families are choosing them. It works. They like it. They compete with each other. They all have individual programs. Yeah, they, they all have individual application programs. Very, um, you know, very kind of intense kind of cultures as it relates to those those programs and the application process, but also a very low ridership in terms of transportation to begin with. Uh, not in terms of the numbers from elementary to middle to high. Uh, we don't see a lot of uh, we don't we don't see the same impact as it relates to transportation. Transportation. And so that leads me to, I want to hit this point again, where you could really see an impact in a year or two with different start times, three tiers, much shorter bus routes. They're going to be on time. I mean, if we get where we want to go, it's really going to be a dramatic improvement. I think, um, I think that we will see immediate impact as it relates to transportation, um, bus ride times, bus wait times uh, next year. And then to really use those as metrics for measuring the system's impact. Now with grandfathering, that does pose a bit of a challenge as it relates to the complete remaking of a school, because uh, we'll see that develop over time. Uh, but I do think that you'll start to see uh, next year, you'll start to see some of these schools, uh, you know, remade by the new proximity zones. Uh, this you know, this has the potential for a system change uh, for us to really stay on top of it and not just start and end times, not just transportation tiers, but then get creative as it relates to program offerings. Like, let's say there's a proximity zone that really is interested in a science, uh, you know, a science type of approach curriculum. You know, maybe they can, they can, we can put one in that proximity zone. It's, it's kind of rethinking it because the way that we have it set up now is if I live in East Subzone 2, 
I have 17 choices, right? Um, and it's connected across the entire East Zone. There's not really a community connection or push with what programs are being offered. We could just put a program somewhere in the East Zone and any one of those kids can, uh, can attend. So I think it allows us to really get strategic uh, with what the needs and wants and desires are of our parents and families within each one of the new proximity zones. Uh, we've been processing real-time feedback, you know, in zone O, we are really interested in maybe this down the road or in zone H, you know, wouldn't it be great if we did this? And I think that that's the way that we have to start thinking about it and making adjustments as we monitor these metrics uh, to try to get to a better system for our community, one that is sustainable, uh, one that is not allowing transportation to dominate, but actually student uh, you know, the, the student needs at the school site to dominate. And I think that that's really important. We're kind of flipping the priorities as it relates to our student assignment system. And what needs to be valued is uh, the family, the parent, um, you know, the child, and then the school, and really setting up these schools for success, really not, not allowing transportation to get in the way. So we throw out those numbers, you know, 3,000 kids are late every day. Uh, and I, I think that that, you know, sometimes it, it, you say it, often enough, it becomes a little bit numb, but those are, those are kids that are not experiencing the same uh, learning uh, that other kids are. Uh, and I think that that's, that's, that's something that we need to address. We certainly can do better as it relates to that. So anybody watching wants to learn a little bit more before they make their choices, what do they need to do? There is a ton of information, uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of communication material that will be going out both at the school, at the school site level, uh, but also on our website at leeschools.net. Uh, uh, you can check out, there is a, an entire page with frequently asked questions. Uh, there's the interactive map. There's the different presentations that have been done, the associated procedures and policies, the actual plan for student enrollment, all of those things are available on the website, but you'll also be getting some very targeted feedback. One is it relates to your specific family, right? And then the other, as it relates to your school site and saying, hey, listen, you're living out of zone. You need to make a choice through focus. And just because it opens, got to always say this about open enrollment, starts February 13th, doesn't mean you have to make that choice. But getting your choice in February 13th does not beat you or get you in a higher ranking than somebody that turns them in on March the 10th. You have the entire month to make your choices. Correct. Doesn't matter when you submit uh, the grandfathering piece or the, um, you know, or the new proximity selection, the lottery will run, you know, a few weeks after uh, the, the, you know, that window closes. So make your choices and take your time, but don't feel like you got to do it right away. Do your, do your, do your work and understand what you're doing and what you're, what you're selecting. Yeah. And I, I think that one of the, you know, one of the elements that are, that's a really big part of this project, but is, is often not talked about is just the monitoring the data piece of it each and every day. Uh, so principals will be able uh, through their focus lens to really see what's happening with their student population. Uh, and I think that that's, I think that that's really important because it is a large scale system change and we need to stay on top of those numbers. So I'm excited for that piece uh, just to really dive in uh, to what's happening and, and what's being decided at each one of our school sites. It's been a long time coming and here it is. So proximity, smaller zones, fewer choices, neighborhood schools, better bus ramps, better bus times, all sorts of potential improvements for the school district. Yes, sir. It's, uh, it's Rob, I, I, I just, uh, I know I've been on here twice talking about proximity. This has been a huge team and district effort across all departments uh, to get this across the finish line. We recognize that there was an issue. We attempted to address the issue. It is a large step in the right direction uh, to, get us, uh, to get us to a better place as it relates to student assignment. And we understand that it has an, an immediate impact on families. And that is not, uh, we, we do, that is not taken for granted, but it 
it is the decisions of educational leaders uh, like our principals all the way up through central office staff that we had to do something uh, better as it relates to student assignment. Yeah, well, Dr. Malloy, thanks so much for joining us and walking us through these changes and sending people to the website for more information. Mar- February 13th to March 10th, open enrollment for elementary schools. Get in that focus account, check those maps, and make your choices between now and then. Thanks yes. again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, and thank you, everybody, for watching and uh, listening to the Lee Schools TV podcast. We're back again next month with another edition, and we hope to see you then.